0: For what my expectancies are for Sunday. And um, I want to talk to you tonight about expectation. And on Sunday, I am believing God that God is going to minister in the gifts of the Spirit and in particularly in the gift of healing. And um, I haven't announced it as a healing service because I. Uh, And myself would want to do that, but I feel like that for us to suggest that we're having a healing service would suggest that God doesn't heal, but on special occasions, whenever the reality is, is healing should be taking place all of the time. Amen. And so um, with that thought in in mind, I want to just lay the foundation for tonight in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse number two. Deuteronomy 28 and verse number 2, he said, And all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. All of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you've obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. Last week, we talked about Moses and how that his act of obedience produced an anointing that would deliver some 3 million people out of bondage. Amen. He did not do some extravagant thing. He did not do some spiritual uh, uh, exercises. He merely obeyed a simple task that God told him to do. And that was take your shoes off. Doesn't that sound spiritual? Just take your shoes off and the act of obedience produced an anointing in his life that would deliver these people that were in bondage. How many believe tonight that we need that kind of anointing to deliver the bondage that we have are facing us today? The blessing of the Lord is beyond your human comprehension. It does not show up just in the form of money. It manifests in many ways, uh, such as unmerited favor. He, he shows up in wisdom, provision, divine health. It causes doors to open for you, which should, uh, would not have been opened if it was not for the hand of God. It causes mountains to move out of your way that have been hindering you. It causes us to reap what we have not sown, have things that we did not earn or even deserve. But that is the the, uh, goodness of God upon our lives. Man, this blessing enables us to obtain and multiply without measure. And it brings with it the divine empowerment of supernatural intervention. And so what we have to understand tonight is that when we begin to obey the Lord, he begins to bless us in ways that money cannot buy. He begins to minister to us in ways of supernatural intervention. Do we really want the blessing of the Lord? Of course we want the blessing of the Lord. That would certainly be a resounding yes in this house tonight. But as Christians we uh, uh, spend a lot of our time and exert a lot of our energy trying to seek God's blessing. And we pray for it. We read all the scriptures about blessing that we can find in when it we declare it and we decree it and some of us have even fasted and we've prayed for it others have gone from place to place convention to convention we've gone to different ministries looking for what that that uh, that thing that is lacking in our life looking for the blessing of God but I could go on and on with our my list tonight but what I want us to understand is without a doubt we know how to seek god God, but we never find him. Pastor, how can you say that? I say that because we have done it all wrong. We don't find the blessing. The blessing finds us. It does it, it is not something that we can seek after and find it. But if it is something that seeks and finds us, we don't come upon the blessing. The blessing comes upon us. And so you, you don't don't you want the blessing? Don't you want the blessing to find you? Don't you want the blessing to overtake you? The question is how do I make my life so distressing? How do I make my life that target? How do I make my life where that the blessing will find me? The answer is found here in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 2 when he said, And all of these blessings shall overcome you and will overtake you. And watch this, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So how does the blessings come? How does the blessings find you? How is it that the thing that, that we've been seeking for and the thing we've been desperately desiring and coming, uh, looking for, how does it find us? It finds us because we ob- are obedient to the voice of the Lord. The blessing is attracted to those who will obey. And every time you obey God's word and you do what God has told you to do, your life becomes a magnet that attracts the blessing and the favor of the father upon your life. In other words, every time that you tithe, every time that you give an offering, every time that you praise the Lord and give him a shout, lift up a holy hand, go to the church, show your faithfulness in serving the kingdom of god you are making yourself uh, something that is attractive that is magnetic for the blessing and the favor of god to overtake your life you make a bigger target and a brighter target every time you're obedient to the voice of the lord one of the best examples that, that you can find is in 1 Kings chapter 19, in verse 19, when it said, so he departed from there and he found Elisha, the son of Sephath, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. Elisha was working. He was plowing in the field. He was doing what he was supposed to do. Right? He wasn't doing, he wasn't holding tent crusades. He wasn't out preaching great revivals or healing services. He was just doing what he was supposed to be doing. Amen. And when he did that, it attracted, it caused the blessing to find him in the field. Come on, somebody. Amen. We've got to be willing to be at work. We've got to be willing to be obedient. We we want God to put us on the big stage. We want God to put us somewhere where that we can make a a transition and change in a state or in in a nation or in a world. But God is just wanting us to be faithful in the field. He's just wanting us to be faithful where nobody can see us. That's the reason why that David got to, to show off in the front of a nation because God tested him in the field. And he found David to be faithful in the field. And so while he was faithful, while nobody was watching, while because he was obedient when there was no one to impress, God said, this is a boy that I can trust to bring down a giant in front of a nation. And I want to tell you that whenever God begins to find us faithful, it may seem insignificant. It may seem like that nobody even knows that we're doing it. But we serve and we serve with joy and we be obedient to the heavenly voice i'm telling you it'll be a magnetic force that'll draw the blessing and the favor of the father upon your life amen elijah was working plowing in the field doing what he was supposed to be doing he was demonstrating faithfulness and obedience when out of nowhere comes this blessing Blessing found him. The mantle was thrown on him and overtook him. Elijah was discoverable. Why? Because he was obedient. He he was obedient to what he was supposed to be doing. He was serving, right? And so we can say today that when we want the blessing of favor of God, whatever it is that we're desiring in our life, sometimes we, yes, we pray for it. Yes. We believe God for it. we'll get to that in a moment. But the reality is the, the basis and the premises of it all is that if we want the blessing of God, we want the favor of God, then we have to be obedient in what he has called us to do. And when we are obedient in that, then it, will draw the blessing to us we just got to fall in love with God and because we love him we obey him we love him and because we love him we don't just worship him in public but we worship him in private we read his word we serve his people And do what he asks us to do. And while we're doing seemingly meaningless tasks all along. It is drawing the favor of the father upon our life. It is drawing the blessing to us. Have you ever had anything overtake you? It means to come suddenly and unexpectedly upon you. How come that it comes suddenly? Elijah's just out there in the middle of the field. It doesn't say anything about, uh, uh, you know, him him having expectancy this day or or looking for it. He's just out there plowing. And the blessing comes to the field and overtakes him. There's something about God that whenever we are just doing the uh, ordinary, when we're just an average day, when it's just another day, That the blessing of God can overtake us. Not because we have been fasting for 40 days. If God tells you to do that, certainly do it. But you see, just ordinary days that we're walking with God. We're just doing what we know to do and doing what he's asked of us to do. And just because it's an ordinary day, but we've been faithful in that ordinary thing. The favor and the blessing of the Father will come upon our life amen look what jesus god was said when would overtake us if we were obedient he said here he tells them just be obedient and the blessing shall overtake you why because you have been obedient right and then that's just one scripture but then verse 3 through 8 tells us of everything That's going to result because of an act of our obedience. He said, you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. Your fruit of your womb will be blessed. Your crops of the land will be blessed. He's talking about their livelihood, right? He's talking about their business. If he, he was talking today, he would have said things like your job is going to be blessed. He said that your young livestock, because that's their way of living. He said your calves and your herds, your lambs, your livestock, all of it's going to be blessed. He said your basket and your neem will be blessed. He said you will be blessed when you come into the, in the blessed and when you go out, you will be blessed. The Lord will grant that to your enemies who rose against you and defend, uh, defeat before you, they will come up against you in one way, but they will flee seven ways. The Lord will, uh, will send a blessing on your barns and everything that you put your hand to, the Lord your God will bless and you in the land he is giving you. You will be blessed and he said the land that he's putting you in is going to be blessed everything in your life is going to be blessed. Why? Because we're obedient. As Christians, we tend to expend all of our energy and efforts on seeking to find the blessing of God. But can I tell you tonight, blessings in within blessings DNA, it is programmed to seek you out. It's programmed to seek out the one who is obedient and blessed. Amen. And it'll, it, we don't overtake it. It overtakes us. We don't discover it. It discovers us. And amen, because we have been faithful and we have been obedient, it will discover us and it will minister to us and it will overtake us because of our obedience. And when we are discoverable, the blessing of the Lord will come upon you. Deuteronomy verse three, he tells us, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Because of your obedience, we have a promise that we will be blessed whether we're in the city or if we're in the field. In other words, it doesn't matter where you're at, the blessing will find you. It means that it doesn't matter geographically if you're in a a, 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 a large place or you're in a secluded place. If you're obedient, the blessing will find you. Have you ever been to the ocean and you're out there playing around with your kids or whatever, not paying a whole lot of attention? You wander out maybe a little further than you should when suddenly you look behind you and there's a huge wave coming. Uh, I got a couple people. There is no way to escape it. You know you can't outrun it. You know that there is no way that you can get over it. It's already got higher than what you are. And whenever that takes place, you might as well just take you a deep breath and hold on. Because the fact of the matter is that that thing has just overcome you and it's going to, When uh, I've, a couple of times when I was out there with the kids, I get into that situation and it'll push you down to the ground. It'll push you down to the bottom in the sand and it'll rub you around and it'll have its way with you. Amen. And whenever you come up out of there, you have sand where you ought not have it. Huh? I mean, it'll mess you up because you don't have any strength or ability to control it, right? It's just overtaking you. It's pushed you down to the bottom of the floor and it is keeping you there. And so that's what I envision when I see the blessing overtaking me. I see the wave of his blessing coming and there is no way that I can escape it. There's no way that if I wanted to, I could run from it. It just overtakes me and it begins to move in every area of my life and it begins to have its way in my life. I want to tell you today that God wants to so bless his children. He said it's his good pleasure to give gifts unto his children but we've got to be obedient and in the act of obedience will come the blessing will come and find us it would be a bad father to give to a kid that's been disobedient that produces brats that produces problems in the school that produces Workers in the workplace that fills prisons. Amen. Preach on, pastor. Amen. And so you can't bless disobedience because if you bless disobedience, then they will continue that way of disobeying. There's consequences that come with disobedience, but there's blessing that comes with obedience. We have a choice to make. We choose to either obey the voice of the Lord or disobey the voice of the Lord. It's our choice. Amen. Let us look here at verse number 11. It said, and the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods. And your fruit of your body and the fruit of your cattle and the fruit of your ground and the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give you. It's amazing to me that, that, it, that the blessing goes beyond us, but it's everything that pertains to us. I said he he said it's going to make it plenteous. It is going to it's going to be more than enough. That word plenteous speaks of abundance, excess, having more than you need. And so he is saying that I'm going to bless you with more than you need. And then he goes on to say I'm going to bless your fruit of your body. I'm going to touch the fruit of your cattle. I'm going to touch your land. Right? How many know that the promise became so synonymous with the land that it became known as the promise? Land, Amen. God is wanting us to understand that while we're here in this earth, that he is not just going to merely get us by, that we're not just going to be stragglers trying to make it to heaven, and someday it will be better off. No, God says, I want to bless you, and if you will just be obedient to me, I am going to bless you with plenty I'm going to give it to you in abundance. I'm going to give it to you in excess. It's my pleasure for you to have more than enough in your life. For whatever reason, there has been this age-old argument over whether Christians should be wealthy or poor. I've tried them both, and I like having more than enough better. It makes me feel good to lay down and, and have my bills paid and have more than enough. And I also know what it is to lay down and not have my bills paid and not have a thing to pay them. And I'd rather have more than enough. I've heard some folk make this statement, and I know they mean well by it. They say, all I need is God to give me enough to pay my bills, put food on my table, and, and, and I'll be happy. Well, that, that's the most selfish thing you could really say if you really think about it. Because that means that all I'm concerned about is me and my family. But I need more than enough so that I can bless somebody else's family. I need more than enough so that I can be one... can stand in the gap for a brother or a sister and encourage them in the lord when they may be down when they may not have enough that god will bless us with plenty with abundance glory to god that we can share it with one another and say like the new testament we had all things in common wouldn't that be awesome I mean, we're always wanting to go to something new, but wouldn't it be uh, totally awesome if we just had all things in common? Praise God that we was all just blessed, that we just all had more than enough. If anyone should be prosperous, if anyone should be blessed, it should be the children of God. We're to be an example and a witness in the earth. And so he wants us to be obedient. And in our obedience, he said, I'm going to give you more than you need some say it's wrong to give with expectancy have you ever heard somebody say you shouldn't be giving expecting to receive anything let me ask you something Why, why would that work in the church but it don't work in your garden brother Bo he's pretty smart man he wouldn't waste his time plowing up yard or a field planting potatoes and never go back to weed them or even expect any return on the potatoes he put in the ground right i mean i know it, it's it's not proper but you get the understanding of it that's stupid Because you've just wasted your time, your energy, your efforts, plus your money, putting something in the ground that you're not expecting any return on. And people say, well, now I know that, you know, everything gets out of balance, right? We know that. Everybody gets out of balance. They get out of kilter and they think that God, all of a sudden God turns into a Santa Claus or a slot machine and, and you give a thousand and you get ten thousand and all that mess. Uh, I believe if, if, you, if that's what God tells you to do, then it'll show up. I believe in seed time and harvest. I believe in planting a sacrificial gift when God speaks to your life. Renee and I have experienced God's blessing many times because of sacrificial giving. We've emptied our bank account and it didn't take much on many occasions when God would speak to us. But it wasn't TBN. (laughs) And it wasn't somebody else. But when God spoke and said, "I I want you to give a sacrificial gift that, that we sowed that and, and we've seen that, that when we sowed it, we didn't just say, well, we're not expecting anything back. I remember the first time that we did that was whenever the doctor said we couldn't have any kids. And so we sowed the seed and we believed for children. And then we went and bought some baby shoes. Because if we're going to have a baby, we need some shoes to put on that baby. And we need some diapers. Need a lot of diapers. Come on. (laughs) Amen. We came in a time in our life when we needed a house or we desired a house. We, we didn't need it necessarily, but we desired to have our own house. And, and I probably told you this before, but we, whenever we said we want that house and they said, you need earnest money, I said, I'm serious about it. And they said, well, give us some money. I said, come on now. You got to be kidding, Right. And so we needed the X amount of dollars. I forget what it even was now. But Renee and I, we said, if, if we don't have the money, then we've just got to sow. And so we didn't just sow that money. We took everything out of our, our savings account. We wrote the check. We took it to the man of God. And we didn't just say, well, we're going to give you this. And we hope you go out and have a good time. We said this. It's being sown for our house. We're believing God for that. They tell us we need earnest money. We don't have earnest money. So we need a down payment. So this is, we're sowing this seed because this isn't enough. So we're sowing this seed and we're believing you for the harvest. And so we prayed and we gave it just like that. Uh, you know, Abraham went to Melchizedek and he gave that gift. And we believed that. We prayed over that and God blessed it. And we had our money before we ever had to go to closing. Amen. I know there's a lot of slick willies on TV that'll try to get your money and they'll try to take some of it. And I, I'm not, and I shouldn't even say that uh, because a lot of them are good. All right. Some folk are good. They've got good intention. But I want to tell you that it isn't about getting money out of you. When we take offering, when we uh, give into the kingdom, it's not about getting something out of you. It's about getting something to you. And the act of obedience of tithe and the act of obedience of offering, it isn't something that you just do and then don't expect any return on it. But you give, amen, and you, as you give, you give with right motives, right? You give with a right heart. You give with pure attitude. You give with a pure heart before God. But you give according to his word. And because you desire, you say, I'm believing God for this. But unfortunately, too, a lot of Christians have bought into this deception that they should obey without expecting. No wonder we've lost our joy in serving. Who wants to go out in the field all day long and work and not expect a reward at the end of the day? Who wants to go and and minister? Who wants to go serve? Who wants to go give and then not expect any return on what you have invested in the day? God not only wants us to be rewarded for obedience. He was the one that that, uh, initiated the reward. Or expectancy in our giving, the reward is to make obedience a joyous and a happy experience, rather than something that's drudgery, rather than something that that there is no reward in at the end of the day. But it you you giving to God, you serving God, whatever it is you're, uh, that you're giving your time, your talent, or your treasure. When you do that, it should put a smile on your face. Knowing that there, there is a God that is going to bless you for your obedience, that he is going to honor you and reward you for the sacrifice that you have made. And while it is true that our motives of obedience should be one that is of love, love still expects a response. When you love somebody, do you not expect love in return? That's called a relationship you love, but somebody reciprocates that love back. That's a relationship. So don't buy into this lie that you should obey without expecting. God wants us to expect the Bible declares and tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is expectation. If you obey without expectation, you are obeying without faith. Therefore, you will receive no reward because you're of, uh, for your obedience. But when you obey, we are to obey out of love and with expectation. And that is called faith that accompanies it. We're believing that God is going to bless us. That is faith. When we praise in obedience, we praise out of love. And with a faith-filled expectation that God's presence will be manifest in our praise. When we sow seed in obedience, we sow it in love and faith-filled expectation that there is going to be an abundant harvest that is going to come back into our life. That it may leave our hands, but never leave our life. When you have not received for a long time, your expectation level goes down. Whenever uh, the first year, I think it was the first year I played football uh, in school. We had a bad team. It was really bad supposed to say how bad was it glad you (laughs) asked it was so bad that the only game we won that year was one and it was when a team didn't show up that's the truth but you know what happened we got off to a bad start it wasn't that we 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 didn't have gifted people it wasn't that we didn't have talented people it wasn't that we, we were worse than the other team and our opponents. But the expectation level went down because we lost our first game. And then we lost our second game. And then by the third game, we pulled up to the football field, and the the windows in the bus were down. But I remember vividly as as you could hear the 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 hum go through the bus as they looked on and they seen those big boys out there. And I heard the the go-through echo through the bus. We we ain't gonna win today. Look at them. They're big, they're huge. We're not going to win today. And so we had to endure going through the whole year with that kind of concept. Why? Because we didn't have any expectation for the first game. We lost it. Then our second game, now the third game, now the fifth game, now the sixth game. And by that time, there is no expectation that we're going to win any game. And so it is in the church. A coach can tell you the best thing to turn a a team around is to win one game. Because if you can win one game, there can come an expectancy that, hey, we might be able to win next week. And if you can win one, two, three, four games in a row, you are you're, you're dealing with somebody that they begin to believe in themselves, believe in their ability, and it's going to be very hard to stop them. And I want to submit to you that it's the same way in the body of Christ. Whenever we come to church and we go through the the, the church service and we never receive, we never see a manifestation of his presence. We never break through, if you will, whatever the term that you want to use. Whenever we are uh, obedient and then we don't expect to receive anything for our act of obedience. When we do uh, have our hearts right with God, our motives are pure him him but we don't see any return on what we have sown into the kingdom suddenly it comes into our mind that we're just going to do our best to get through this world and someday we'll be in the pie in the sky and then it'll all be over but the devil is a liar we are not going to sow and not reap we're not going to till and not have a harvest we're not going to continue on this route of no expectation but we've got to put a demand upon the anointing. We've got to put a demand upon the Word. We're saying, God, we're going to obey you. We're going to make sure our motives are pure, but when we show up on Sunday, we're going to believe that sick bodies are going to be healed. We believe that sinners are going to get saved. We believe the Word of God is going to manifest and turn somebody's mourning into dancing and their sorrow into joy. Why? Because we have sown and we now expect and return upon our act of obedience and we're not just going to sit here and go through the religious motions but we're going to believe you to do great and mighty things and whenever we put that demand upon it how many know God is not about to let us down and so faith rises in our heart and we say hey if God can do it for them maybe he'll do it for me next Sunday and we begin to get encouragement and faith rises in our heart and now we aren't just coming into church late we're not just showing up but we're coming in with an expectation to say this is a good day for a miracle this is a good day for the captive to be set free this is a great day i'm expecting god to show up in a tremendous way in this service today where there is expectancy, God will not let us down. All through the scripture, anytime that you see the word expecting or expecting, God does something awesome. He does something powerful. He he reveals himself in a way that the people need him when they are expecting. Search it out. Look at it. We'll talk about it more Sunday, but wherever there is expectation, God shows up big and bad. Amen. And I'm just believing that we are going to see God big and bad. We're going to see God show himself strong and mighty in these last days. Amen. What what is it? What's the difference between between the church of the seventies and the church of 2014 expectation. What's the difference between coming to your local church on Sunday morning and going to a Benny Hinn crusade? I guess he still has them. Expectation. What causes a man or a woman to get on a plane, spend seven, eight hundred dollars on a plane ticket, and fly to a crusade somewhere, having somebody pray for them? I'm not against this, my brothers and sisters. We we should celebrate the gifts, Amen. We celebrate the gifts, but what is it? The difference? It's expectation. And whenever you get a crowd of people, what is the difference between for our young people? I know they're not in here tonight, but what's the difference between them going to Winterfest and them coming to the tabernacle? It's it's just expectation. They're expecting God to do something. They're expecting God when they get on that plane and fly halfway across the country. They're expecting when they get there that God is going to minister to them. They, they, and there's a group of people. It isn't just one person, but there's people coming from all over the country to that one place with expectation. What would happen if in our community we would come to the tabernacle with expectation? Amen. Amen. I know what would happen. God would honor obedience. Huh? I'm not beating you down tonight. I, I love you. It's an honor for Renee and I to pastor this church, but I, and we've come a long ways, and I thank God for where we are today, but I want to tell you there's so much more. There's so much more. And so knowing that, we cannot settle for what we have without pushing to what God has intended for us. And the act of obedience brings the blessing. <laughs> That provides everything that we need in abundance where there is no lack. I want that day. I want that day. I want to see that day when there is no lack. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So obedience and expectation equals miraculous, supernatural, divine empowerment that will change our lives and change the lives of those around us. Because he said he would bless everything that our hands touch. He said he would bless our job. He said he would bless our food. He would bless our house and he would bless our land. Glory to God. So father, I pray that you teach us to be obedient. Let us put a yes on our altar. Let us be obedient. And in our obedience, let us have a spirit of expectancy. That because we are obedient. You're going to do what you said you would do. You're a good father. Good fathers keep their word. And you said if we would obey that the blessing would overtake us. So I thank you for that tonight. I thank you for the many blessings that you've already bestowed upon us. The unmerited favor that you've already showed. But I pray today corporately God for this body that you will overtake us. I pray for an act of obedience. I pray for an act God of expectancy that God will cause there to be a production of the miraculous and the supernatural and your power will be revealed in this last day in this region for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand with me tonight? If you have a special need tonight or you believe in God for something special, you want him to minister to you, I want you to come. I want to pray with you tonight. I want to believe God with you. Just ask God to work on your behalf.